if you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Hey, Playmakers, and happy Wednesday. So in the last episode, you heard from my business mentor, Amy Porterfield, and you heard all about how to add online classes and workshops and digital products to any service-based business, but in this case, probably your indoor playground or soft play rental business. But you know me, I love to teach through examples. So in this episode, I wanted to share a conversation that I had recently with an indoor playground owner named Christine Hernandez. Now, Christine is the owner of Allo Saratoga, which is a play space in New York State. And to be honest, we go through so much in this conversation. We don't just talk about her online classes and workshops. She really starts at the beginning and talks about her vision for her business, how she got started. She talks about the opening process and things she's learned along the way. And she also gives some amazing advice for prospective or current indoor playground owners. And she also shares some really exciting news about how she's expanding. And let me tell you, this has been so fun to watch from behind the scenes in Playmaker Society. But in particular, one thing I absolutely love about Christine's business, which I alluded to a moment ago, is that she really thinks outside the box and she is not afraid to do so. So recently I noticed because I follow everyone in Playmaker Society on social media, I noticed that she started to add online classes and webinars and things like that all about parenting and preparing for birth and things like that on her website. And of course, I had to message her right away and be like, Christine, this looks amazing. And I was blown away by the results that she's getting. So I absolutely had to get her on this podcast as soon as possible. So I am so excited to share this conversation that I had with Christine with you today, because again, I think it's so valuable to not just hear step-by-step how to do something, but also be able to look at somebody actually walking the walk in practice every single day. So I'm going to link to all of Christine's social media accounts and her website in the show notes if you want to check out Aloe Saratoga. And if you're interested in also adding online courses or workshops or webinars or digital products or downloads to your business, there is just one day left to sign up for my business mentor, Amy Porterfield's $47 Course Confident Workshop. I'm going to link all of the details in the show notes. It is the best money that you will spend this year, hands down, and there's a 100% money back guarantee. But if you're listening to this on Wednesday, September 13th, as this episode gets released, first of all, it's my wedding anniversary. So I know you're probably not listening to this, but happy anniversary, Chris. But that also means that today is the last day to register for the bootcamp. So again, head to the show notes, click on the bootcamp link. And again, if you're not completely satisfied, there is a 100% money back guarantee. You really don't have anything to lose here. And I never, ever, ever share another person's course or product or anything like that if I am not 100% confident in it myself. This is my third year doing the bootcamp and I am just so excited to get started. There are almost 6,000 people in the group already 
ready to start the boot camp, ready to kick things off today. And there are people from woodworkers to social workers to previous teachers looking to provide lesson plans. There's speech pathologists. There's dentists looking to help people take care of their teeth in an online course. There are just no limits to the amount of things or subjects that you can teach with an online course. And again, it's not just about online courses. There's digital downloads that you can sell on Etsy. There is so much. So I am so excited for you to join this bootcamp with me. Again, that link is in the show notes. But without further ado, this is my conversation with Christine Hernandez, and I know you're going to love it. Hi, Christine. Thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited. One of my favorite things to do is interview other place-based owners. I think it's so cool how we all have different businesses and different visions and different missions within the same industry. So do you want to get started by kind of introducing yourself and telling us a little bit about your business? Sure. So I'm a mom, obviously, um, of two kids, three and six. And my background is in early childhood. So before I had kids, I always taught preschool. And then once I had kids, I realized that, you know, to have a healthy and happy kid, you have to have a healthy and happy parent. And so I became a birth doula and I started supporting families as they were becoming parents. And so my business, Aloe, is sort of a combination of those two passions where you know, it's a space for kids to come and play, but really our main driver is to support parents. That's awesome. And your business is in Saratoga Springs, New York. Awesome. Very cool. Not too far from me. I still have to visit. It is definitely on my short-term list. Yes. But is that kind of where the inspiration for your business came then from your passion for helping kids and families? Yes. And I've always been a really community-oriented person. And I think during COVID and simultaneously COVID happened and my family had sort of an emergency with our older son. And I realized how very important community is to parents and how like none of us can do this in isolation. And so my goal was really to build a community, a thriving community that would support each other in times of need, not just like a space to go and bring your kids to play which it is that too, but really it's so much deeper in that, in that like we help families, um, you know, when they're down and out and need a little support or people who don't really have a lot of family in the area, like we can be that village for them, which is really cool. Yeah. I think that's so cool. As somebody who raised my kids until they were, you know, five and six in an area where we didn't have any family, I can definitely say firsthand that that is such important work and it's so needed. And I think a lot of people don't realize that they need it until they're already in the thick of it. I certainly didn't. I thought it would be very easy um, to, you know, be raising my kids away from that support system. So I think it's so beautiful that that was your mission in creating your space. Mm -hmm. So where did the name Aloe come from? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, I get that question a lot, actually. And I get a lot of mispronunciations. Like people are like, Aloe or... (laughs) Um, So aloe is short for aloe parenting, and it is a term that describes a situation where any like other relatives or people around help to raise the children, not just the biological mom and dad. So like our logo is an elephant because elephants aloe parent. So it's like the entire, um, I'm forgetting the word, pack, the pack of elephants help to raise the children, even if it's not their child. 
So that name really represented what I wanted aloe to be. I love that. And I absolutely love when somebody really determines their business name and even their logo and their little mascot from a place of such intention and purpose. So I love hearing those stories. So thank you so much for sharing that. Of course. So what are some of the services that you guys offer at Allo? I know you're very multifaceted. Yes. Um, we have a lot of things going on. Um, we of course have like open play times where people can just come and use the space to play. We also have play groups um, for multiple ages. So like we have a baby group, an early toddler group, and a older toddler group. And that's like a parent or caregiver and me class. That's sort of like an introduction to preschool where we have, you know, a circle time, a book, an activity. And then we have a toddler play school program, which is a drop-off program for ages two and three which again is like a gentle introduction to preschool. Um, it's about an hour and a half long. We do stories and books and songs and crafts. Um, we have workshops and classes for parents. We do special events like um, we have the Easter bunny come, we have Santa come. Um, we do birthday parties, but not as many as I thought we would. And I'm actually starting to move away from doing them. Um, which I think is an interesting choice for an indoor play space, but it just doesn't really serve our space as it would other spaces. Yeah. And that's exactly why I mentioned at the beginning that I love interviewing other business owners, because I think it's so cool that we can approach a very similar business, a very similar industry in such different ways and mm -hmm. find success on our own terms. So I love hearing different perspectives and different strategies so, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the podcast and on my YouTube channel today is because I really love watching your approach from behind the scenes. You are such a valued part of the Play Cafe Academy and Playmaker Society family. And again, I wanted to share your expertise and your experience on a greater scale. So I'm so appreciative to have you here. So what would you say then of all of those things? I know you mentioned parties isn't your main one. So what would you say is kind of your main focus of your business? Which of those service offerings? Um, I think all of them kind of come together like a crock pot soup, maybe. <laughs> to They all represent really important different pieces. So we, because we are such a small space and we are so community driven, we have like a core group of regular members who love open play and I can never get rid of it because like, where would they go? Um, and those are our people. And those are like our biggest supporters and our even evangelists. So like open play is very important. And our membership is um, for open play. Toddler play school is really great because it's a reoccurring revenue. So I, it's, it runs just like a school year program from September to June. Um, and then we know, you know, we have X number of kids at X dollar amount a month. And that's kind of something we can always rely on with the memberships as well. Um, and then the playgroups, too, are something that we just started, like, stepping into this year because that is also, like, a bigger ticket item. It's not just, like, $20 drop-in class. You know, it's a six-week session for X amount of dollars and, like, bringing those up every six weeks helps us, um, sustain larger ticket prices. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you use those two words, the big ticket and recurring. I learned them from you, Michelle. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, I love that you brought it up because, you know, that's something that I talk about all the time, so much on this podcast, so much on the YouTube channel, but something that I often forget to shine a light on is, you know, there are many different options for both big ticket and recurring revenue items. So for us, big ticket meant birthday parties, recurring revenue meant monthly memberships, but for another business, it could mean something different. It could mean drop-in classes. It could mean preschool options. So mm-hmm. I love that they still kind of fall into those categories. And you mentioned how nice it is to have that revenue that you can count on, that you can plan for, that you can budget based on. But yes. again, it doesn't have to look the same for every business. Mm-hmm. And we recently started doing two because I am a doula, um, I became a doula trainer. So um, we have a doula collective, a postpartum doula collective, where we have like a number of postpartum doulas that um, families can come and say like, hey, I had a baby, I need a little support. We match them with a doula. And um, that's a source of revenue for us too. And we are going to be having doula trainings for new birth doulas, which also is like a large ticket item, um, which is something that will be really helpful for us moving forward too. Absolutely. And this is kind of on a tangent, but I used to do, you know, business consulting way back before I, you know, niche down specifically to indoor plate businesses. Mm-hmm. I used to work with a lot of yoga studios and they used to really up level and really, you know, open up so many more doors for their business once they started, you know, not just operating on memberships and classes, but also offering those ongoing education opportunities and training for Mm -hmm. other people in their industry. So I think that's really important. And I'm so glad to see that you're starting to integrate that into your services. Definitely. So when it comes to some of your newer, some of your more unique offerings, like the doula pairing service, like some of the playgroups, Do you find that your regular members, so the people that are your biggest advocates, the people coming in often, are they the ones that are kind of supporting all of your different revenue streams or is it kind of each service is made for a specific type of customer? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, at first, um, you know, this is our second year. We'll be open in two years in November. And the first year it was sort of um, disconnected, like, the person who would sign up for toddler play school was not the person who was going to come to open play. Um, and they were like all very different, but this year we're noticing that like, as we're growing, people are like using each of the channels. So like some of our regulars that have been coming to open play since their babies were one and 18 months are now signing up for toddler play school. And so like this coming fall, all the toddler play school kids are kids that we know that have been coming since they were babies So it's really nice to see that happening. And same with our doula offerings, um, which was sort of the point was that like a lot, we noticed a lot of parents were having second babies. Like we have a lot of toddlers and then they're pregnant with their second. So we were like, how could we help support those parents? And so a lot of people on their second babies will help, I mean, will utilize the doula support too. That's awesome. And I love to see that kind of organic growth in a business's service offerings. I love that you're taking your ideal group of customers, the customers that already know and love and support you. And you're saying, okay, what problems do they have? How can I solve them? Mm -hmm. And I love that you're kind of adding to your service offerings based on what you're seeing, what you're hearing, 
what you're observing in your space. And again, I think that's a really smart way to grow a business. I think so many business owners will just say, oh, you know, I saw this space, you know, across the country start offering this. I'm automatically going to assume that it's also what my customers want. But I love when it comes from that place of being very intentional and observing and really listening. And I think that's one of the things I admire most about your business is, you know, I see you on social media all the time. I see that you're very active in listening and, you know, being very attentive to your Mm -hmm. community. And I actually saw the same, you know, kind of shift in my own business. I used to offer, you know, all things business to all different business models. And then once I started, you know, really fixing and fixating on the play-based industry, I started saying, okay, you know, instead of being everything to everyone and, you know, every business, you know, I noticed that the people that are already supporting me, that are already purchasing my course, you know, they need a website or they need marketing help. Mm -hmm. You know, what can I create for the people that I love working with most to help solve additional problems? And once I made that change, everything grew, everything expanded. I started finding so much more joy and so much ease in my business. So it's cool to see that same kind of concept translate into other business models as well. Absolutely. So something that I am really interested in hearing about, which I think is very unique about your space, is that in addition to the amazing in-person offerings that you have um, available to your community, you also started offering online services. So can Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So we have been doing online trainings, um, not really trainings, workshops, I guess you would call them, um, for parents because we were offering them in person and we realized that parents weren't really coming. And it wasn't because they weren't interested in what we were offering, but it's just because it was difficult for them to make it. Either they're working parents and they come home and they have to feed their kids dinner and to make it to like a 6.30 workshop isn't really possible for them or they don't have childcare or whatever the reason might be. So we started shifting to doing these workshops online and um, it's really been successful. And then we also can record them and keep them on our website and then um, you know include them in a membership or sell them sort of ad hoc. So it's really been fun to experiment with that too. And I think that's really cool because a lot of people who are trying to come up with a compelling membership offer or, you know, really expand their revenue options, they don't really consider online trainings, online classes, because they assume, you know, oh, you know, in this post COVID world, everybody wants to be in person. But like you said, circumstances don't always allow that, even if that's, you know, what everyone would do in a perfect world. So I love to see that you've kind of added that. And I think it's so smart that you saw that, you know, the in-person classes maybe weren't selling as much as you wanted, but instead of just abandoning it and saying, you know, this is clearly not working, I need to do something else. You kind of stuck with it because Mm -hmm. you knew that that's what your customers wanted. You just changed the approach of how you were serving those customers. Because I think way too quickly, we abandoned something based on a one-time effort or you know, trying something once and saying, oh, didn't work. My customers don't want it. I love that you kind of stuck with it. You were very confident because of how attentive you are with your community. And you just simply listened and said, you know, how could I make attending these classes easier? So Mm -hmm. I think that's so cool. So what are some of the classes and trainings that you guys are offering online? Mm -hmm. So we did a tantrum workshop, um, like 
every single parent, I think, has dealt with tantrums at some point in their parenting journey. And we get that question a lot at Allo, especially like kids leaving. Um, there's almost always a meltdown and parents will say like, what do I do? I don't even know how to handle this. What do I do? Um, and so we decided to offer a little workshop, um, where we would give strategies and tips for managing tantrums. Um, so we did that one. We have done, um, a few times a potty training webinar where we go over, you know, certain methods of potty training. I hone in on my particular favorite method, but I sort of let parents know that it is, you know, each child is individual and you know your kid best. And we do like a overarching intro to potty training. Um, And we have done a postpartum mental health webinar um, with a therapist that kind of went over um, signs and symptoms of perinatal mood disorders. um, And anyone could kind of take that from people who work with moms or just moms themselves who might be curious about their own symptoms. Um, So we've done a lot of different things, both from like parenting, um, you know, like working on your own self to then things to help your children too. And I think that's so cool. And this is a perfect example of really leaning into your background, your mission, your strengths. Mm-hmm. in coming up with a business model. Again, I mentioned this before, but I feel like so many business owners will just try to emulate other businesses or they'll take you know, one thing from here, one thing from there, and they forget to kind of look at why they started the business, what their background is, what they bring to the table. And you know, for me, I don't have an early child education background. So I really had to lean into, okay, you know, how can I help other business owners that are struggling? So again, I think it's so unique that we all have these different perspectives and these different things that we can offer and different ways that we can, you know, expand our customer base and increase our revenue potential online. Because, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, revenue and sales and making money is something that, you know, a purpose-driven business or, you know, a heart-centered business, you know, shouldn't really talk about. But Mm -hmm. making income allows us to keep serving our community and remain sustainable. Yeah, I always say that, like, Saratoga Springs is kind of an expensive place and we have to pay the rent. So, you know, I'm not afraid to talk about needing to make money and to keep going because we serve our community well. And without us, I think people would be sad. So, yeah. And we as owners put so much time and energy and, you know, passion into our businesses. And if we can't compensate ourselves and if we're not, you know, moving ourselves closer to our personal goals, whether that's, you know, financial or time freedom or anything like that, we're also not going to be able to continue serving the business and continue serving the community. You know, just as we have to pay rent, we also have to make sure that we're keeping ourselves energized and we're making sure that again, it's not just becoming something that we resent because we aren't able to pay ourselves. So I think that's something that's really important to remember as business owners in this industry. Mm -hmm. So would you say that, you know, kind of branching out to online trainings. I know we talked about kind of, you know, really understanding what your ideal customers want and need. And you knew that this was something that they wanted, but, you know, maybe they weren't able to attend in person, but have you felt like you've been able to reach any new customers that you maybe wouldn't have been able to serve at all with the online trainings? Yes, absolutely. 
Um, we, I met, especially with the potty training webinar, there were quite a few people who were like, oh, I've never been to Aloe, but my friend saw this training and sent it to me, you know, or tagged me in it on Facebook. And now I know that you guys exist. Um, and also with our doula training, we're going to be doing an online doula training. And so there's people that are joining us from places other than Saratoga Springs, um, I'm from Long Island. And so we have a Long Islander joining us. Um, so it allows us to really branch out and expand our customer base too. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, realistically speaking, even though you're really working on, you know, serving your local community, you know, like I said, realistically, you could sell this to anyone at any time, whether right. it's a live class or the recording. So there really is so much potential and kind of what you were alluding to before, you have a one-time webinar, you can now repackage that and resell it and serve so many more people with your one-time work effort. And again, kind of what we talked about in the beginning, that's the whole mission, you know, of these businesses is, is to create impact in our community. So sometimes, yeah, making more money, making, you know, having more customers is great. But for me, it always kind of comes back to being able to serve more people, being able to make more impact. And that's what I love about online service offerings. Mm-hmm. You know, if I stayed, you know, being a one-on-one consultant forever, I probably might've been able to help, you know, three or four play spaces a year realistically get from, you know, what I say daydream to opening day, but something that my online trainings and courses and podcasts and YouTube videos, it helps me continue helping people that need it without having to physically be there or without having to be completely live all the time. But again, there are so many different ways that we can create impact for you. It's, you know, early parenting. And I think that's so needed. And I think that's such a cool and unique way of offering that. And, you know, something that's really interesting, especially about the doula services and about the, you know, tantrum workshops and things like that, you're making your customers feel so much more safe in your space I feel like, so when it comes time to offering a membership or a recurring, you know, item or a bigger ticket item, like a birthday party or play school, I mean, it's so hard as a parent to, you know, feel safe sending our kids somewhere these days. And it requires so much trust. So by really developing that relationship, even if it starts online, Mm -hmm. I think it's so important. And especially with your classes that serve, you know, parents of very young children and things like that, it really, you know, allows you to serve that family from, you know, even pre-birth all the way through, you know, early childhood. So I think that's such a cool trajectory that you can have with the relationship you have with your customers. Mm -hmm. So um, just speaking of logistics, just because I'm curious, you know, as somebody who also creates online services, when you're hosting a webinar or, you know, a class or workshop or something like that, how do you host that? Um, so I use Google Meet just because I don't know why I like it over Zoom. Um, and so our um, website allows us to, when people sign up, they just automatically get the link. And then we hop on um, on Google Meet the day of the webinar, we record it, and then we can um, upload it onto our website platform. I have a couple of times needed to re-record because the live version like went on a tangent that was very personal to the attendees. And then I was like, this isn't really 
you know, as helpful, um, to people tuning in. So there have been times where I had to kind of double record, but otherwise it's relatively easy for us to like host it live, record it and put it up on our website. Yeah, I've absolutely felt that too. And sometimes I just, you know, I need to record it because I gave something that was time sensitive or referenced a specific date or something. But, you know, when it really comes down to it, it's still, you're still saving yourself so much time because Mm -hmm. if you were to have to teach that workshop again in person from scratch, that's, you know, a whole other set of, you know, you have to physically be there. You have to get ready. You have to plan childcare. There's so much that goes into it. So, you know, when you're re-recording an online class, it's, for me, it's so much easier than going somewhere in person. You know, I can do it really early before my kids wake up. I, you know, can edit it a little bit if I need to behind the scenes and the content's already there. So, you know, once you come up with that outline, once you come up with, you know, how the workshop is going to be, you can record it as many times as you want. And it's still going to be so much easier, so much cost-effective and so much more approachable, in my opinion, to, again, getting the information you want out there. So when I saw those classes start popping up for you, I was like, I have to talk to her because <laughs> I really think that a lot of people want to offer this, mm-hmm. but they're nervous about the tech and they're nervous about, you know, how is it going to look logistically? So I love that you're keeping it simple and that you mentioned that it's easy to, yeah. you already have a booking system. You right. already have a website. You already have a customer base. Again, you're just serving one more aspect of their lives. You're ser- you're solving one more problem from them, but all of the foundation is already there. So I love that you're keeping it very simple with Google Meet. I used to teach all of my classes just on the free version of Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. you know, five years in, I've upgraded. I now have a course hosting platform. I you know added the bells and whistles, but you don't have to start there. So. I love that you're just focused on, you know, getting the desired result for the people signing up. That's your main focus. And I think it's clear because, you know, you mentioned that the online classes are selling a lot better than the in-person classes. So I think it's such a testament um, to, again, you being so passionate about helping your community. Absolutely. So is there anything coming up for your space or anything like that that you want to talk about? Um, Well, we recently purchased a coffee shop. Oh, um, I forgot about that. Yeah. And so it's funny because I opened my space before I found Playmaker Society. And, you know, once I did, I was like, oh man, I really wish that I had a space that with a cafe. Um, and I kept sort of thinking about how I could add that to my existing existing space and it just wouldn't work logistically. We don't have the space. We, you know, it would take a lot for us to get that way. And, um, it just happened to fall into my lap that a cafe that like literally is around the block from our space was for sale. And so we, um, are taking that over and although they are going to be two separate businesses, they're going to be like sister businesses. And so people from Aloe can come and we'll have like deals for them for coffee we're also going to be kind of continuing our mission from Aloe into the coffee shop and having like new parents groups meet at the coffee shop and book clubs and things like that. So sort of like a secondary community space for our community. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. I love watching it and congratulations on almost two years in business because that's such an accomplishment. It really is. It's been a wild two years, but 
it's really awesome to see not only the space grow, but the families that utilize the space. Like there were kids that came in as babies who couldn't even crawl that are now like toddlers. So it's pretty wild to see. That is so cool. And that was one of my favorite things as well. And seeing my kids, you know, have their first and then second and then third and then fourth and then fifth birthday parties. Yes. Space. It's it's so cool to look back through the years and it just makes it all worth it. Definitely. Um, so some questions that I always like to ask play space owners whenever I have them on a call. Mm-hmm. So did anything really shock you or surprise you about opening your business? Was anything not like you expected? Um, I think that it was a lot more work than I anticipated it to be. I was sort of like, oh, you just open and, you know, people will come. And while it was like that a little bit, um, you kind of constantly have to be reinventing your offerings and like reanalyzing things and wondering like, when do I keep going versus when do I get rid of something? So I think there's a lot more like behind the scenes logistics that I didn't anticipate. Um, So I would say that is sort of the biggest shocker that and the cost of labor was something I didn't really anticipate either. I totally relate as a fellow New Yorker. Um, Our minimum wage is very high right now. It's, and it, when I opened my business, it was just starting to raise like a couple dollars every single year. And it was something that was so difficult to keep up with. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that you mentioned that because again, it's something that a lot of people don't, don't realize. And when you have a business and you sign, you know, a five, seven year lease, the increasing cost of labor and benefits and things like that is definitely something that you have to consider when you're planning your business. Absolutely. So if you could go back think like pre-opening, Christine, I know you found us after you were already open. So could you, if you could go back and tell yourself kind of one thing, what would it be? Um, well, it's sort of a double-edged sword. I think the advice, because part of the reason why we've been so successful is that it was sort of like a leap of faith and almost like an impulsive decision to open because we were, we were new to the area. We saw a a sign as we were driving down the street, when we were looking for places that was like apartments and commercial space for rent. And I said to my husband, like, let's just check it out. Like, let's just see, because this has always been sort of my dream. And we saw the space and we loved it. We saw an apartment upstairs and we loved it. And so we both signed a lease for an apartment and a commercial space at the same time and lived above Aloe for our first year. We don't anymore, but We did. And so, you know, that allowed me to be so in tune with the community because A, I lived right above the space and like was always there in the beginning. And B, it was so bare bones at first that it allowed us to really grow to what people were wanting as opposed to like, you know, taking out all these loans and like dumping all this money into something and then having people have it not resonate with the people who were coming in the door. So that is the pro of that situation. But the con of the situation is that um, I wish I had done more homework. Like the resources in Playmaker Society are like seeing them now. I'm like, oh man, like I wish I had those financial projections and I wish I had, you know, thought about having a cafe. So I think that that, you know, thing I would tell myself is just to like 
slow down and look at more people who have done this before and kind of get your footing before making a decision on a space, like really making sure that the space is going to work long-term for you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I created all those resources because I went back and I said, you know, when I was getting started, what did I struggle with? What did I spend the most time on? What did I have to spend the most money on having experts create? Like we paid like $800 to have, you know, our legal documents created. And now I'm like, you know what? I don't want anyone to have to spend money on that. I'd rather that $800 go to your mission. Here's mine. You know, obviously you're going to have to have somebody tweak it and make sure that it's, you know, relevant for your state. But if I can save someone 90% of the time and money they spent creating, you know, what I already created, to Mm -hmm. me, that's worth it every time because I truly want these places like yours that create such meaningful impact to be successful. And I don't want anyone to have to worry about not paying themselves for their labor or, you know, not being able to sustain themselves in creating that impact just because of, you know, all of these unanticipated costs. And like you said, the backend logistics. So that's the problem that I am so passionate about solving. But I love that even though, you know, you maybe didn't anticipate wanting a cafe or things like that, you're still, you know, you're allowing your business to kind of grow and adapt and innovate. And I love that you kind of thought outside the box and said, you know what, this isn't, you know, 100% ideal, but I think that the, you know, this new purchase of the cafe can really better serve my customers and continue that mission of creating impact. So I think, you know, even though it didn't go, you know, 100% the way you expected, I love that you're not letting that stop you. And you're still, you know, thinking, how can I better serve my customers? You know, how can I, you know, take something that's working for other people, but make it really my own. So I think that's very cool. Thank you. So if you could give people looking to get into this industry, just one piece of advice or, you know, a couple words, what would you say? Um, I would say to not be afraid to fail because you're never going to be 100% perfect. Like I think, you know, I myself, I'm always like, no, I can't show this until it's perfect. Or I can't do this until it's like absolutely squeaky clean, perfect. And I think that people appreciate watching the journey and like seeing you make mistakes and hearing that you too, as a business owner are not perfect. Um, And so I think like, not being afraid to show your customers who you are as a person and like give them a little window into your process. Cause I think that people resonate a lot more with a business when they feel like they know the person behind it and they trust the person behind it. And it really makes it that much more special when people, you know, get to see that side of you. Yeah, absolutely. And I know this isn't going to be relatable for everyone, but for me, you know, I have an autistic child and whenever I am able to feel that level of comfort with an owner or with a space or see the behind the scenes or, you know, understand a little bit more where that owner is coming from and, you know, what it looks like to, you know, um, check in and things like that. I love when business owners share behind the scenes and share their story and share, you know, how they can ac- accommodate our specific family, things like that it makes me feel so much more comfortable, not just, you know, going there for open play, but booking a party, making those larger purchases. So I think it really goes a long way, not just to making that connection and building the customer relationship relationships, but for me, it just helps me feel so safe and welcomed. And it helps me decide whether or not that space is going to be right for our family, because 
you know, not every space is, but having that information and having that insight into that behind the scenes, because there are plenty of indoor playgrounds that we've planned on going to. And we watched a couple of TikToks or, you know, YouTube videos or something. And while I so appreciated seeing that mission, I immediately said, you know, oh, you know, this isn't going to work for us because this, but I'd so much rather have that information than go and have a terrible experience, not just for our own family, but, you know, kind of, you know, drawing, um, a lot of issues from the other kids because of, you know, what we were going through and things like that. So again, I, I love that you brought up that it's so helpful for customers to have that, that look and that insight into the process, into the behind the scenes, um, because we'd rather have them decide whether or not we're a good fit before they walk in those doors. Absolutely. Cause then we don't, you know, want them to have a negative experience because they thought they were walking into one thing when it wound up being something else. So I think people really appreciate being able to make that determination before they walk in the door. Absolutely. And I think now more than ever, you know, the sentiment that people buy from people and not just big businesses is so true. People want to support small businesses. They love family owned businesses. That's something that, you know, we always try to prioritize in our family is budgeting a little bit extra to support small businesses. Um, so I think that's really important to highlight, you know, in your marketing as well that, you know, I actually didn't, um, I've completely forgot that that's how you came up with your name and things like that. So, um, a lot of times also, I feel like people don't talk about their story often enough. They just assume that, oh, everyone's heard it. Everyone's done that. So for me, I definitely had to remind myself like, okay, I have to go back to the foundation. There's constantly people finding us. There's constantly people that are, you know, brand new to our world. i always tell this story, but you know, our name was a little bit less intentional and it was climbing vines and people would constantly walk in and be like, I don't get it. You know, there's no climbing things. And it's because, you know, I really didn't talk about it enough. I didn't remind myself to, you know, remind people of what our mission is and what our space is like and show the behind the scenes. So I think that's a perfect note to end on. And I think that's a really great reminder as we, you know, establish our online presence and our marketing strategy and things like that. Definitely. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christine. So if people want to follow your business, where is the best place to do so? On Instagram. We're pretty active on Instagram. So you can find us at Allo Saratoga and our website is allotoga.com. All right. Perfect. And I will link both of those for easy access. Thank you, Michelle. All right. Thank you so much. All right, that wraps up my interview with Christine. I hope you enjoyed it. I am so excited for all of the things to come in Christine's future. I know she's going to do amazing things with Allo Saratoga. And thank you so much to Christine for agreeing to come on the show. And if you prefer to watch these interviews, I also always post them on my YouTube channel. So I'm going to link that in the show notes as well, just in case you want to see Christine's beautiful face as you listen to the interview. All right. One last quick reminder before I let you go for the day, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, this is the last day to sign up for my business mentor, Amy Porterfield's bootcamp, where you can learn about how you can add online courses and workshops and webinars and digital products to your indoor playground or service-based business, just like Christine is doing. All right. Have a great day, Playmakers. I'm going to see you inside the boot camp and everybody else, I will see you right back here in your feed on Friday. <laughs>